Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. JLab Audio is personal tech designed for you that fits your life, looks cool, and offers surprisingly awesome value. Imagine the products and features you actually want and make sure the entire experience of owning them is a great one. A new legacy in sound. JLab's new luxury over-ear headphones. Seamlessly blending innovation and lab-quality sound. Over here at Fake Doctors, real friends, we love our JLab Audio headphones. They feature over 70 hours of playtime, four different colorways to choose from, and three noise control modes. Use Real Friends for 25% off your order. Visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. Hey guys, I've been telling you about how we are big fans of Tacova's boots. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Tacova's. But now they also have a gift for our listeners. Tacovas will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of $100 at tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R-E-A-L-F-R-I-E-N-D-S. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And point your toes west. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Wow, Donald. Wow. That's all I, I know. say is wow. I know, dude. It's and so on a day awesome. when we have Neil Flynn on, like, I'm all excited. I've been pounding energy drinks, and here I am. I'm ready to go, and yeah. no Donald on. Do you want to tell everyone why you're so late? I made a mistake and tried to download the new Apple, whatever software. it is. Yeah, the software, two hours before. <laughs> two How hours old before is podcast. this computer? It's pretty old. It's a MacBook Pro, but it's an old computer. You know, it's an older model of the MacBook Pro. Right. Now, so I am now 20 minutes late. Yeah, we have very Neil late. We got Neil Flynn. He's like sitting in a holding room. Yeah, we put him in the holding. We put them all in a holding cell. Yeah, we put Neil in. in a holding cell and he's just sitting there. He's probably going to walk out soon. I hope Neil doesn't walk out. First of all, how's everybody doing? Uh, we were just chatting. We had a great chat waiting for you. Uh, what were you Dan chatting about? We were talking about um, just our lives and what's happening and how Joel has a huge Twitter following I didn't know about. Yeah, did this just happen because of the podcast or a no, huge... Joel? Joel, what's your handle? We should we should blow it up even more. Uh, yeah, my handle is at Joel Monique on the Twitters and the Instagrams. Uh, no, I was a writer before I came to you guys, and I would do a lot of critiquing of like television shows and movies. Got I it. think my Watchmen reviews are probably what I'm most famous for. Uh, Toronto International Film Festival just retweeted those yesterday. But yeah, come talk to me about nerdy and political things. <laughs> it's good times. Well, but well. You're, you're, you're a Watchmen fan? 
Oh, fuck it. Like from the graphic novel era, the TV show really killed it. I Did agree. you not like the movie? The movie was my introduction, and I find that it has some things that are very intriguing and interesting about it. But overall, I don't think it holds up to like the quality that is the original graphic novel. Right. The graphic novel has more and... I know. love the TV show, man. I thought that was incredible. And, it's brilliant. And, uh, they won a Peabody this morning. And, and nice. so relevant to today. When you see these... When you see what's A, what's happening in the news, and also like cops with their face masks on, uh, I can't but help but think of... Watchmen. The, sh- the Watchmen. I was like, wow. Yeah. And I saw they someone wrote an article right. that was like, um, Watchmen was just a few months too early or something like that. Someone yeah. Wrote. They got it right. They got it right. They predicted it. Uh, listen, I would love to banter with you and tell you how much I smell because I forgot to put on deodorant, and uh, and I'm I'm glad that we're on a Zoom call so you guys aren't offended. But we got Neil Flynn sitting on the other. All right. Well, then hold on one second. How about this? Five, six, seven, eight. Some stories about a show we made about a bunch of docs and nurses and a janitor who loved to hate. I said, here's a story. I don't think that you deserve to five, six, seven, eight when you're this late. I did it already, so I know. But I just want to submit can... to the to the to the to the to the Scrubs podcast rule book that you are when you're this late, you don't get to five, six, seven, eight. You're punished. When when did we get a rule book? You know, when I was a kid, um, at I'm going to to camp, I was so nerdy, and this was back in a day when they would let you do this. But on the on the school bus to camp, I would sit in the front seat. And as the bus oh as the bus <laughs> pulled in for each stop, the bus driver would allow me to operate the the mechanism that opened up the school bus door. And I thought I was the coolest mofo in the world as the door operator. Now wait, this is my my point was that I got in trouble one day at camp, and the counselors told the bus driver that I had been bad, and I was not allowed to operate the door that day. And I was crushed. I was I sat and pouted. And I just feel that that should be something like your punishment. You don't get to five, six, seven, eight when you've been naughty. But I already five, six, seven, eight. I know. Well, I'm just trying to lay down the rules. Maybe Joelle can can start to make like a a Bible of sorts of the rules of the show. Okay. How old were you when all of this happened? This was last year. No, I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Day camp. How old do you at day camp? Seven? I don't, I don't know. know. Eight? Yeah. Shit. Well, then, yes. I can understand. I was it. five, six, seven, eight. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Let's bring in Neil Flynn. Dan, push the button. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Yay! Neil Flynn! Hi, Neil Flynn. Hi, you fellas. How's it going? <laughs> Going well. Excellent. There he is. There yeah. he is. Hi, Neil. This is a Joelle and Dan. I think you met Dan briefly. Yes, I I was teaching him about computers and <laughs> things like that. It's so good to see you, man. Uh, it is good to see you. You too. Donald's literally in the closet. Good man. Yes. I am literally in the closet. It started. I... It started, Neil, because um, it was the, it was the best place for sound because it had all his clothes as a sound dampening thing. And then he realized that he could hide from his family in there. So he he, he goes there sometimes, even when we're not recording the podcast, to escape his his children. This is the this is the safest place in my house. My kids don't find my clothes amusing or interesting enough to want to hang out in the closet. So. 
I, I can't say I ever found my father's clothes amusing. <laughs> uh, what, are, any, are any of your kids big enough to wear your clothes now? No. I No, thank goodness. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, I have an 18-year-old with us, but uh, he doesn't necessarily like the clothes I wear. He's more into that Supreme style and stuff like that. Me personally, I, you know, I've dumbed down my gear a little bit. I now am a golf shirt. And shorts kind of guy. And so what you see behind me is a bunch of golf shirts. Right. And then my shorts are over there. That, that Neil, that was your uh, probably first and last tour ever of Donald's clothes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Time well spent. Yeah. Well, you know, you asked. I know. I, but I do, I, do remember, I do remember when my father's clothes became interesting to me and I wanted to wear all of his gear. And hmm. I would go into my dad's closet and take his shirts, which were oversized for me, which at the time was really cool. And he had like a bunch of designer things that I didn't, you know, he had like back in the day when Jabot was really popular or, you know, shirts like that. And I remember going in his closet. Sergio Tacchini, do you remember those? No, I remember, no, I don't. I was like the sweatsuit, a sweatsuit. Okay. But I remember going in his closet and taking a really expensive shirt and wearing it outside and ripping it. And Ooh. being like, oh, shit, my dad's going to kill me. My dad's going to kill me. And uh, having to tell him. And my dad didn't come home all the time, right? So my dad would leave in the morning and then come back maybe, you know, three, four days later. You know, that's just how my dad rolls. Um, okay. And <laughs> and, and uh, I remember having to wait for him to come home to tell him, that I ripped one of his really expensive shirts. Mm. And he wasn't too beat up about it, but I remember the fear for three days I had to wait. And, you know, my mom being like, he's going to kick your ass. And me being like, oh, God. Like... <laughs> and then finally. How'd you rip the shirt? Like playing playing something stupid. Like we were playing in a, on a jungle gym and we would play tag where you couldn't touch the ground. Sure. And the jungle gym was huge, was big enough for you to jump from, you know, the slide to, you know, uh, uh, one of the houses or wooden houses or some shit yeah, like yeah. that or a planter. You were a kid. Yeah, I was a kid wearing my dad's oversized expensive shirt. And what, made, what made you think like, home. you know what, I'm going to rock to the jungle gym today is dad's expensive shirt. I just, you know, because everybody was wearing Jabot, you know what I mean? And I thought, well, if he has a shirt, I can go outside and I'll have this really crisp. And it was like, and it was fucked up too. The fucked up thing was it was like in plastic and it just come from the cleaners and stuff. <laughs> so I kind of knew, I kind of knew like, dude, you took you, the you plastic should... off though, right? <laughs> I totally took of course. <laughs> and I, I made a mistake. It's one of those, like I watch my kids now do this shit where it's like, what were you thinking? Why would, why would you even do something like that? Uh-huh. And wow. their answer is, I don't know. And that was my answer, too. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yep. You're just impulsive. Yeah. Impulsive. My sister, but, uh, when I went clothes shopping, I remember I was in, like, fourth grade, and it was the height of, I don't know if you remember, guest jeans. Um, yes. It was, like, the height of guest jeans, and for mostly for, for women, I think, at the time, I'm guessing, because my sister convinced me and my mom that I should – wear guest jeans as well <laughs> in fourth grade and they were very uh you could always tell they were guest jeans because they had a triangle on the on the, the back on the back jean pocket yeah. so i thought okay you know i'm not much of a style guy i'm more of a sweatpants t-shirt kid but you know okay i'll try this out for a full day i was bullied by essentially <laughs> the entire school 
<laughs> Children of all ages and grades came by to point and laugh at me and my guest jeans. Because they were considered like girl jeans or uh, girl um, a girl and expensive. I think they were they were like I remember them being like fifty bucks or maybe a hundred bucks, whatever, whatever they I mean, I, it was like too expensive for a kid to have anyway, but I yes. think probably what fourth grader wears designer clothes. I don't of any know. Kind? I don't know, Neil. I regret it <laughs> to this day. I, I when Donald started talking about his his story, I, I I felt the pain in my heart from literally the. It's like it's like it's like a, what's his name on on uh, on the Simpsons going. Hey, hey. It was literally that for a full day of school. So then oh, I go man. home. I go home in tears, and I tell my mom like. I hate these jeans. I'm so that everyone made fun of me all day long. And I fucking hate these jeans. And she was like, well, you know what we're going to do, Zach? Those jeans are perfectly fine. We're going to take my little stitch cutter and we're going to cut the triangle off, off the pocket. Well, she did that. And they still had the, the marking of where the triangle was. <laughs> yeah. Now you have some sort of knockoff gas jeans. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> black market. <laughs> now it's worse. Exactly, Neil. Now I'm wearing black market gas jeans. <laughs> well, Neil, thank you for coming on. We Donald We're and I so start, started doing this silly little thing. And yeah. uh, both of us, um, when we post about it on, on Instagram and Twitter, I would say that like 60% of the comments people are write, write are, when are you having Neil Flynn on? Um, so you are very beloved by... Beloved or beloved? By either one, by the people. Either one. It's like divisive and divisive. All Tomato, of a sudden, tomato. divisive became divisive. Because <laughs> that's how Barack Obama pronounced it. Well, really? I, yeah. Now, now people say divisive. I had never heard it pronounced that way before Obama said it that way. Well, you know, if Obama said it, it had to yeah, be. Yeah, now, now I'm switching. Now I'm switching. I'm switching. It's, it a few year, it's a few years late, but I'm but, changing but I'm over. switching it up. Switching it up. <laughs> If he starts wearing J-Bo shirts, that's what I'm going to do, too. <laughs> he probably does wear guest jeans, though. He's a stylish guy. I don't know if they're still in style anymore. I don't know. If, yeah, I'm not sure how big Guess is. I don't think – I know somewhere somebody, the CEO of Guess, is like, we're still a hit. I we're know. still a hit. Yeah, we're talking guys. about it. We're going to get – Donald and I are going to get sent guest jeans in the mail because sometimes when we mention things on here, we get sent in the mail. I got a care package from Omission. I, I have to tell him this. Neil, it's really lame in Hollywood to say, but I, I don't – eat gluten and but i love beer and so there's a really good pale ale called omission which i mentioned because we were all talking about beer they sent me not only a beautiful care package of omission beer but a an omission backpack i've yet to receive any of this when you come to school in that backpack i'm going to make fun of you <laughs> <laughs> you got an omission backpack <laughs> you're gonna be like zach please tell me you're not wearing a gluten-free beer backpack <laughs> I don't really um, even know what that is, the gluten, and but I think you can get away with not eating gluten in Hollywood. Yeah, you can. Yeah, it's just when yeah. I, I, you know, the, this podcast is listened all over the world. And I, whenever I mention it, I, I, I cringe because I know people are like, oh, what a Hollywood tool, not eating but, gluten. <laughs> you know, I thought that sparkling water was universal. You go places in like Texas and you'll be like, can I get some sparkling water? And they'll be like, we don't have that. You have and, to say club soda, maybe. Uh, I went someplace and they were like, we do have club soda, yes. What's the club difference so between club soda and sparkling water? Does anybody know? Cl club soda is carbon and sparkling water is sodium. If, I no, if no. I'm, no? No, Neil knows. No, you're right. I have a cat. Okay. <laughs> and of course they listen when you say no. Yeah. 
but he's in my. Oh, you were saying no to the cat. I thought you were. I thought <laughs> you were heavily. No. <laughs> I thought you were very clearly opining on Donald's. Uh, no. no, 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 no. And then I was waiting for you to go into your explanation, but you never did. <laughs> no, just no. Don't, don't don't try to give me that club sort of story. All right, wait. Joelle is letting us know. Uh, club soda is artificially infused with carbon and mineral salts. Similarly, seltzer is artificially carbonated, but generally does not contain any added minerals. Sparkling mineral water, on the other hand, is naturally carbonated from a spring or well. How is something naturally carbonated? I don't know, dude. It's, Carbon I gets mean, into it? I don't know. I guess. I well, that, that was a very thorough explanation, but I still don't understand it. I feel like you custom cut and pasted that though from from. Well, she didn't uh, just freehand type that. She just got it off the web. <laughs> you know, speaking of places that don't have things, uh, we're in some backwoods place touring with a show, and we stopped at kind of a, a Dairy Queen type of thing, but sort of in the middle of a forest for some reason. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and one of the girls with us, she's going to get a cheeseburger. She says, "What kind of cheese do you have?" I think this is somewhere in Michigan. <laughs> and the person literally goes, cheese. <laughs> it's square, it's orange, and it's Jeez. flat. <laughs> and that person went home and told her family, you wouldn't believe what this girl asked me today. <laughs> what kind of cheese? It's it's cheese. It's <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah. all right, Neil. I was gonna do it. Are you gonna gotta, go into the Neil's uh, thing? No, you go. You do it. You do it. You do it. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just it. gonna be. I was just gonna be like. I was just gonna say this, Neil. You're one of the few people in the history of television. There's like a handful of people that went from a show that ran for eight years to a show that ran for eleven years. What did the no, middle nine. do? Eleven, nine to to a nine year. Seventeen uh, years. 17 years straight on television, man. Yeah, I know. And That's then actually, and then actually, Neil, you went on to another show uh, right away, right? So you did eight, and then that one didn't last, right? But you did 18 years in a row on TV? Yeah, yes. That, that might be a record. You've got to be on a very short list. It has to be. Maybe so, but if there, whatever the list is, however long it is, I am the least famous person on it. <laughs> That's not true. I sure disagree. I disagree. Um, no, that's true. But it's just, you know, I was trying for a long time before Scrubs came along. And then I finally, the door opened, you know, and I got let into the party. And uh, luckily enough, I just stayed. Now tell us, Neil, that's a good segue into, because whenever we have uh, the cast members on, we try and we've all sort of told our stories of of uh, how we got on the show. And Bill's told a really funny story about you, and which I'll let you tell, or your version of it, because he was talking about how you initially read for Cox. And... Um, and then when he said you wanted to be the janitor, you said something like, but I'll still have a stethoscope, right? <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Bill tends to embellish his story. Oh, really? Yeah, we know that. We know that. <laughs> Over time. I know. If you've, I heard, a Bill, if you, if you've heard a Bill story uh, like uh, at the beginning and then what it's like in two years, it's, it's like the ultimate game of telephone. It's become something exaggerated. But. Yes, and I thought before, what kind of person just takes his story and changes it, improves it? <laughs> possibly a comedy writer <laughs> it kind of makes sense but neil what was going on for you before like what were you up to before scrubs and then how did you come to be on scrubs 
Well, I can I just say you yeah. had done a bunch of movies though in Chicago and stuff like that. Like, oh, what, small parts, small, yeah. nothing of any significance. But the baseball movie that you did, you were uh, one of the key players in that in in that movie, uh, Rookie of the Year. Was that, that is correct? Right, right. And uh, yeah, I had a small outfield. part in Major League as well. I was doing right baseball movies only. But, <laughs> you know, I went into not even read, but years ago, whenever they would have made Eight Men Out. I uh, somehow got a chance to be one of the baseball players. And I went in and she said, so do you play baseball? I said, yeah. She said, uh, do you really? You know, like she pushed me. I said, well, it's not like I could have been a pro, you know. And I saw her face fall. Like, eh, she lost interest immediately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 25 years old. If I could have been a pro, I'd be a pro. <laughs> and then I see the movie and there's the baseball players. They're playing catch. Yeah. That's all they do in the movie. <laughs> Throwing the ball back and forth. Oh, we we only got pros for this, you know. <laughs> oh, anyway, so I wasn't in that baseball movie, but yeah. you know, I was just doing little little parts of whatever you can get. I was starting to get guest star on things a little bit, and um, uh, and then this came up. I actually feel like I've told this story before. Is it okay to repeat yourself? On yes, this yes, yeah, man. Absolutely. Yes, our 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 fans uh, might not know it, and I'm sure they'll love the story. Okay, I was uh, doing guest stars on on, on things. And um, whereas the first half of my career, I'd been kind of a straight actor, kind of a, a drama leaning. Mm-hmm. I drifted over into the comedy side and thank goodness I did because that's where things opened up. I had done an episode of Drew Carey and Krista Miller was on that show. Mm-hmm. And uh, shortly afterwards, friends of mine said that they're going out to dinner with Chris Miller and her new husband, who turns out was Bill Lawrence. And I said, years ago, I met a Bill Lawrence. We played on the same basketball team out here right before I left and went back to Chicago. And uh, it was the same guy. Wow. And so we you know, went to their house for drinks or whatever. And then within a month or two, he had this show that he had created. And so I got called in. And I said, thanks for calling me in. And he said, I didn't, I didn't give him your name. Because uh, the same people that directed uh, Drew Carey, I think, cast Scrubs. Okay. Anyways. So then I read Dr. Cox and he said, that was good. You're not going to get this part. I already know who I'm going to give it to. I said, oh, well, that's, you know, fair enough. And he says, but you want to read this? He hands me two pages and it's the scene with the janitor Mm -hmm. and and, and JD at the door. And he goes, good. You want to do that? I said, sure. You know, it's a job is a job. That's all I've been doing. It's 500 bucks or whatever it is for the the day. (laughs) And, um, and then um, I think what was significant is between doing the pilot, and that's all I was promised. The janitor wasn't yeah. going to do anything else. Uh, Bill came to and saw an improv show that I did, and he enjoyed it and learned, I don't know, but I could think on my feet or yeah. whatever. And I think this made all the difference that probably the first scene of the next episode when the show got picked up, we rehearsed it. He goes, yeah, good. And then if you think of something else, just throw it in. You know, yeah. Do it, do, do a take like that. Or we would goof around in rehearsal and we would say, good, keep that. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that, uh, for me, considering it was a pretty small part, that was, uh, that made all the difference if I got to have such latitude. What was amazing for, for me watching you was Bill's respect for how, understandably, for how funny you uh, were because, you know, with everyone else, uh, he would, you know, the rule on scrubs was kind of like, okay, you know, make sure you get it as written. 
and then if you guys have time, you can you can mess around a little bit, and 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 and, and you know, and 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 we all did that. We all would would come up with stuff, but with Neil, Bill would just be like, "All right, Neil, you can make something funnier than this." So what do you what do you want to say? <laughs> and, and, and and invariably, Neil would just come out, and sometimes they were long, and like, and and Bill would put them in, but they were. I mean, Neil, I you know, all my stuff was with you uh, the first season, and I just I don't think I ever laughed. All my so stuff hard. was with you. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. I was just, I'd never really worked with anyone like that. I'd never worked, I mean, I was so blown away by you because I had never, I mean, it was my first big job, obviously, but even in my other stuff I had done, I had never worked with someone who could think so quickly on their feet and would just be adding stuff that was, with all due respect to Bill, even funnier than what was written on the page. And Bill said, if it's funnier than what I wrote, that's fine. People will think I wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> so he was fine with that. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate that compliment. And it was a, I think very rare situation that that unfolded the way it did. And when, when that show ended and it went on to the middle, I said, well, this is great. The only, the only bad part will be if they're sticklers about the script, because I'm not used to that. And they were sticklers about the script. Oh. <laughs> and I had a lot more to say. Oh, man. Right. That must have been so frustrating for you because, I mean, I just can't. One thing about Bill, we always joke about his ego and how competitive he is, but he really always, he was very open to people contributing. That's not to say, you know, he was the, the editor ultimately, and he would decide what was in and what wasn't. And, and sometimes we thought stuff was hilarious that he wouldn't use it. But he was very open to everybody collaborating. And then it's like Neil said, he goes on to a, another show and they're like, great, we just want you to say exactly what's written. And you can't, I, you know, if I, I hear that story and I go, what were you Thinking, I mean, you you contributed so much to uh, the humor of Scrubs. I just can't believe it's like not letting a racehorse run. <laughs> well, you know the difference. If it's a racehorse is running around and someone says, well, "Okay, I can see that you're very fast." This is a farm. <laughs> we need you to pull that plow. <laughs> you know, the running gets us. The difference is the tone of the show. Right. Ours, you know, Scrubs, even though it had its nice, uh, uh, you know, it could turn on a dime and be heartfelt and sincere in that. Other than that, much of it, it wasn't very grounded. It was, well, all the fantasies and all that stuff. I mean, it yeah. was very, and then and the janitor could have turned out to be a Martian and it would have, okay, sure, I guess. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I was playing a family man in Indiana. You, you can't just say crazy things. Right. Right. <laughs> Right. right, where where but one of your specialties was just I remember that uh, Bill told the story about you uh, getting in, uh, one thing you improv that he kept all in about getting into a fight with a with a chicken. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was a duck. I think and a duck. A duck. For some reason, yeah. <laughs> I think I, I feel like that was written or partly written or mostly written, and I might have gone off a little bit. But I uh, think I think the start of it may have been. But as I recall, you as you did so many times hilariously would just go off with it. And so, you know, a lot of times we'd be like, this is hilarious. I don't know if Bill's going to put this in the show or not, but on set, right. we're all fucking cracking up. And then, and then it almost invariably you'd see the episode cut together and it would be in there. <laughs> I remember one of the, my favorite, I mean, you and I had some, I mean, I, I'm not just saying this cause you're here, man. I, I genuinely think, and no offense, Donald, I love you to death, but I thought, I genuinely think you you've probably made me laugh harder than anyone else on earth. Well, wow. Okay. Then I, yeah, uh, I, re I remember, I remember an episode and they wound up changing the episode, but the storyline between the two of you was about a piece of fruit and that you had never tried before, that, that the janitor had never tried before. Okay. And, and the whole storyline was 
you finally getting this fruit at the end of the show and tasting the fruit. And and I don't remember where it went after that, but I just remember you doing a bunch of really funny things about fruit. And then they changed it to like a scooter or some shit like that. I don't know what it was. Oh, you know what? Do you what? remember this? This reminds me yesterday, because uh, Zach sent me an episode of this thing to, to listen to with John uh, McGinley. Yeah. And it came up, what episode wasn't the janitor in? Yes. Yeah. Was that the That's episode? It. It's called that is it. Cups. Yes. And I think I, because there was an outtake of me wiping out on a scooter. Yes. Coming in the front door of the hospital, but that had never aired because I, I was, that was the first season and I was edited out of it. And that's the only time that happened. Oh. That I knew it. I knew wow, it. Donald, I knew it. I knew Donald, it. Donald, who it. has the worst memory in the world, remembered something. Because I thought the, I thought the story was so funny. The fruit story was so funny. And it was like a peach or a plum. And you it's kept funny. improvising different fruits. When you were telling that story, I, I have, and I still have no memory whatsoever of a fruit and a plot line about fruit. Because <laughs> I wasn't in it, so I blocked it out of my memory uh, in spite. Uh, Neil, one of my favorite, I have two favorite uh, moments that always come to mind when I think of laughing with you. The first is um, in the Wizard of Oz episode when you and I uh, did this whole long riff about, um, about seeing a manatee underneath yes. the hospital. Yes. And then you said, um, I said, is there some sort of underground canal system or something? I think I, I, think I saw a manatee. And you said, was his name Julian? <laughs> and, and, and then I said, um, I don't know, we, we didn't exchange pleasantries. And you go, that's Julian. <laughs> that was good. I feel like it was the writers, though. I don't no, 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 no. We made that, that was, up? That was all me and you just being silly. Again, it was one of those things where we were like, I don't think this is ever going to be in the show. But we were just right. cracking each other up about uh, the, there's a manatee under the hospital and has a name. And you, you're familiar with his, his social <laughs> behavior? This is what I'm talking about, about being able to wing it. Yeah. I, I couldn't have thrown that in on the middle. I was oh working on Corey, Mike. It was good. There's a man that lives underground. <laughs> and the I other... bet I know the other one that you. Yeah, you do. Go ahead. Like, uh, it's uh, it's it's this. It's my wife. Yes. Thumb finger, thumb finger. <laughs> you if, you, thumb I, and... if you guys want to watch on the on the Scrubs gag reel blooper reel that you can find on YouTube, I forgot what season it is. But Neil, the janitor, as wife, had made me Scrubs short shorts. <laughs> and um and he's like look I, I really want you to wear these to work and i'm like i i'm like i'm i'm a i'm a doctor i i can't wear short shorts to work all it was is a pair of scrubs cut off really high like, yeah like, so high like my balls would have hung out of them and then neil goes the good lord didn't bless my wife with all 10 fingers she only has pointer on one hand and thumb pinky on the other meaning that 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 uh, it had been really hard for her to make these short shorts, and I was disrespecting her if, if I didn't wear them. Anyway, I just couldn't make it through. I could not make it through with, with Neil going pointer and thumb pinky. <laughs> That's, by the way, a wife that probably doesn't exist. No, yes. yeah, she didn't. She didn't exist because you get married at the end of the yeah, at the right. end of the series. That's true. That's, that's true. Right. And Neil, you know, Neil, we've been joking this first season. It's down like you know we haven't seen these in, in twenty years, um, and as I'm sure you haven't, and. and you know, Bill, you know, one of the Bill-isms that he always says is, 
you know, I, I was debating season one if the janitor was just going to be a figment of JD's imagination. Well, right. every episode we go through, for the most part, we see little moments where the janitor does interact with other people. And, right. uh, and every time we bring it up to Bill, we're like, so, yeah, you're holding on to that. But, you know, uh, you know in this episode, the janitor, uh, you know, for, for example, in this one, he, he offers two baseball tickets. Sorry, Franklin Godbetter, who is, our, who is one of our assistant directors, is playing the, uh, the, 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 the actor who sees uh, Neil with the two tickets and says, I'll go. And, and Neil's like, not you. And it's like another example of like, okay, well then other people see the the janitor bill. <laughs> I, I watched that yesterday. That that was a moment that was added to the script that wasn't in there. Yeah, the, uh, the not you part for Franklin. I think that might be the only, one of the only times. I mean, you might. Now he dressed up like the bunny. Remember Franklin dressed up like a bunny. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that Franklin wasn't in the show more. I'm saying where it's a really funny moment where Neil goes, uh, "What? What do you want to?" Uh, what do you want to go to a baseball game and, and, and have popcorn? And then Gigi walks away, like, stop messing with me. And then he pulls the two tickets out of his shirt. He's like, that's the last the time last I time. reach out. And I, and I was laughing out loud going, do you think that's the only time in, in Scrubs history that the janitor ever like made a genuine uh, uh, appeal to JD to, to, well, to bury the hatchet? You know what? If the, I, Watching that, I thought, I'm, I don't think I played that right because I said it very sarcastically. So of course you walked away, you know, what do you want to do? Go to a baseball game and we get up. I probably should have said, well, would you like to go to a baseball game with me? And we can share popcorn. I mean, it's a, <laughs> something that sounds a little more sincere. Right. But JD had to, you know, it had to be on the line because JD had to be like, stop fucking with me, roll his eyes and walk away. Right. Or maybe the janitor just has no skill at <laughs> offering an invitation. <laughs> They all come out very sarcastic. Very sarcastic, right. <laughs> Would you like to come to a party with me? <laughs> I guess. Would you marry me, please? <laughs> so what was the troupe that you were uh, doing improv with, uh, Neil, that, that Bill saw you early in the early days? We were called Beer Shark Mice, and it was at the uh, I.O. West, which no longer exists, a theater. But we must have done it for, as it turns out, 15, 18 years, something like that. It was crazy. Wow. You throw out the names real quick. Pete Holney, Dave Keckner, Pat Finn, Mike Coleman, Paul Valencourt. I hope I didn't forget anybody. Um, when I first moved out here, re-moved out here after five years in Chicago, uh, we had been doing it at a theater in Chicago. Not the same group, but all those individuals mm -hmm. with different... And, um, he only put just put a group together out here when when they Sharon who owns it opened up a branch out here, and we all had a virtually nothing to do. Nobody's career was rolling, and so that's what uh, that's what we did all the time. That was maybe in 1998, And what was that? Was there a specific game or, or that you guys would play or, or or structure of your improv? Uh, no, not really. But we didn't do games. That's a different. Uh, approach it was um there's something called a herald that is a long form where you get up there take a suggestion go for a half hour yeah and uh uh we didn't do that but it was along those lines we just take a suggestion and then the audience is done participating. <laughs> that's that's you know, amazing you just roll for a half hour it was a good group and it was it was it's not necessarily dead now but um it was great fun and, and a great thing to do and I enjoyed doing it. 
And then after a while, sometimes they still want to do, do a show. And I say, you know, I'm closing in on 60 years old. I don't think I was 25. I wasn't interested in seeing 60 year olds entertain me <laughs> in any way. You know? Oh, I have no doubt that you would uh, sell out, man. People, people love uh, seeing you and you were so good at it. I mean, I remember thinking that when we were doing scrubs that, that uh, just cracking up at the stuff you would come up with and going, I, I, I would love to go see one of your improv shows. I when we may were, have gone one. Was yeah, Mike when Schwartz we were do- involved or no? No. Am I just, um, uh, maybe he came with us. When, we were, like, doing, yeah, when yeah. we were doing Scrubs, were you doing the show too? Were yeah. you doing the improv show? Yeah. Okay. It was I feel like I Saturday came nights. once. I feel like I must have come once. Maybe I don't that's think why you I did because I, uh, I didn't uh, you know, feel yeah, strongly you about this, but people had heard that this was going on and it went on for all the years of, of Scrubs. And so people would often... I don't know if they're just striking up a conversation or, or, or being, you know, they really meant it. When, when did you do that show? Years? What, what time? And it became like for the, literally like for the 50th time, I'm saying to somebody Saturday night, eight o'clock IO theater. And as far as I recall, no one ever came. So I got tired I of being asked, you know what I mean? And I didn't even, right. yeah, I don't need anybody to come, but the, 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 the house is full. Maybe I saw a video or something. I, I saw, think. yeah, that's what we did. We saw a video. Bill showed us a video. Maybe that's what it was. Bill was uh, sort uh, of, sh- was showing us a video of, of you. And, uh, cause I feel like I, I have a, somewhere in my brain, I remember really? seeing a piece of it. Yeah. yeah. And it was you oh. and somebody on stage and it was like, uh, where you were a, a, a drill, not a drill sergeant, but something like that, where you were in the army and. I, I just remember it a long time. It was. It was. You remember that improv from twenty years ago, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's uh, no one ever. Maybe it's possible, but pretty much you never remember a scene you did. Someone will say, "I saw you guys improvise once. You were firemen," and you know, <laughs> I, I don't. I have no memory of that. Um, shall we get into the show? So, Neil, what we do Let's is do we, we just kind of talk through the episode and and point out things that that made us laugh or 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 or. Just any thoughts we have. But we okay. should probably take a break, right, Joel? We'll right. Go to break. Neil, this we'll is a real right show. We have commercials and shit. I know. I heard. I'm very impressed. Yes. No joking around when it comes to uh, being real. Right, Donald? I mean, no. This is, this is the real deal. This is like a real radio show. Well, I mean, a real podcast A real show, podcast, yeah. Yeah, that's how you want to look at it. All right, tell it, the but... people we'll be right back, Donald. You already did. Okay, we'll be right back. Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey listeners, it's been over a year since my family switched to our first Helix Sleep Mattress. And let me tell you, we've never slept better at my house. If you're still sleeping on an old school spring mattress, you're not getting your best night's sleep. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including their award-winning Lux and Ultra Premium Elite collections. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to 
to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress, depending on the model. Don't want to take my word for it? Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash real friends. That's helixsleep.com slash real friends. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know that feeling when you just have something you need to get off your chest? It's like a rain cloud following you around in your life. People all carry around different stressors, big and small. Everyone has stress, but we all handle it differently. When you keep your emotions bottled up, it can start to affect you negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. We talk all the time about how much therapy has benefited us. Therapy isn't just for those who have experienced a major life trauma. Therapy can help everyone with daily challenges with friends, family, and other relationships. If you're thinking of starting therapy, you should start with BetterHelp. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash RealFriends today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash real friends. Tacovas are one of my favorite boot brands. They're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've made some innovations in comfort, style, and service. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. Whenever I slip on my Tacova's boots, I feel the cowboy magic, Donald. They're tough enough for getting dirty, but classic and stylish enough for a night out on the town. If you ever wonder if you can pull off cowboy boots, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas. You'll see. They'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. If you can't make it into a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R E A L. F-R-I-E-N-D-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code REALFRIENDS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas. only at Tacovas.com. Alrighty, we're back. We're with, back! Uh, we're back with Neil Flynn, everybody. The people spoke. They said, Neil Flynn, bring on Neil Flynn, and we got him. Has everybody else been here? Uh, you are... No, Ken has not, not been on Ken the show yet. Not Ken Jenkins, but we've had the other lead cast members. Yeah. We had Judy on. We've had Johnny on. We've had Sarah on. We now have you on. We had mm-hmm. Bill on. We had Krista. Uh, we had you Krista know, on. Speaking of uh, Ken Jenkins, I am just about... You know, when we started the show, he was the old guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without, you know, no offense, but clearly. Yeah. That's how we thought of him, and, and you even more than I, because you're younger than I am. Uh, I'm almost that age. 
You're almost <laughs> the age he I'm was like when months, we started yes. the show. Yes, wow. I'm, I'm months away, and I think Johnny C is a little older than me, so I think he probably is that age. Yeah. Wow. I haven't seen That's Ken. So in, in I haven't a seen. While. Uh, well, the last time I saw him was when we did the uh, the uh, reunion thing. He looked right. great, and he looked amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I want to get him to come on this. We we did some. We had some sort of group email about, hey, do you guys want to do X, Y, or Z? And and everyone was like, sure, sure, sure. You know, we 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 almost all always say yes because it means we get to all get together and have a drink and make each other laugh and and ken was like i'm moving i i've got a lot going on I'm, <laughs> I and i was like I, I i my feelings were i mean i know it wasn't personal but i was like ken you, you know you can you can take a couple hours off from moving and come say hi to us but nah, i got a lot going nah, on i got shit to do <laughs> It sounds this sounds like work. I got shit to do. I and and it, and it was kind of a curt goodbye. It was like it was like very Kelso. It was like, oh, but, good, but good to hear from you all. Yeah, take care. <laughs> I remember that, but I I find it interesting that it was an email, and you've put a voice to it of a grouchy old man. <laughs> I have to move. I, 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 I have gotta to move. Go. Nice to see you all. <laughs> the funny thing is about like people always ask you like what people what people cast members are like, and I said. The most different from his character was Ken Jenkins because he was the sweetest man you ever met in your whole life, and he was playing this, you know, tough jerk. Yes, and I uh, noticed that on the episode uh, that it was early on, obviously the first season, and everyone was still a little bit one-dimensional. I don't want to say that's not exactly true, but Ken was. I'm like, look how mean Ken is being. Yeah, like yeah. in the pilot when he turned into a demon for a minute. You yeah. know? <laughs> he was still in that mode. Yeah. yeah. Of well, guess what, sport? Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> that sort of thing. By the end, he was like this kindly old doddering man. Yeah. <laughs> Just having a nice Drinking. muffin. Yeah, and, and also at the bar in the Bahamas, like, you know, he he I think Bill finally like he, well, one episode early on here, we, we the, in, in season one we showed that Back he back in the day he used to write love songs on the guitar to his wife. I think what Bill was beginning to plant seeds of of him having a softer side, but you're right. By mm-hmm. the end of the season, by the end of the show, he show. was he was a yeah. sweetheart, or more of a sweetheart. Yeah. And uh, like Ted was sort of his best friend, wasn't he? They were like by the end partners. by the end of the show, yeah. And in this yeah, one, yeah. he calls him Ned. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, he's still all these years that we assume that uh, that uh, Ted has been working for him. He still doesn't know his name. He calls him Ned. <laughs> yeah, but that went away. I mean, yeah, they, they, I, they became kind of buddies. Yeah. I found it very crazy. I, I thought it was crazy that Ted has been plotting against Kelso yeah. for so long. He's hired a hitman. <laughs> He's hired a right. He's like, I know a hitman. Yeah. You and I, we can do it. That was we a really funny him. part of this episode where we have that long, uncomfortable laugh because <laughs> he mentions that he knows a guy who can end it all. Yeah. And then we have that long, uncomfortable laugh, and then he's like, no, seriously, just one phone call. One phone call. <laughs> so that means had- that Sammy has Sam, – Ted, Ted has found a uh, – He's got a hitman ready to go whenever the time is right. Right, right. He just needs somebody to. He needs somebody to be like, "No, you're right. We should kill this fucker." He just needs it. Yeah, someone second the emotion. <laughs> it was. I hadn't seen Sam's face since he passed away, and it was uh, uh, nice, but you know, uh, strange yeah. to see Sam. Yeah, man. We've been we've been talking about that on the podcast, and and how. Obviously, it's caused me to look even closer at at his work on the show and just how incredibly fun he was. Uh, we recently just watched an episode where he and Judy, I don't know if you remember this one, Neil, where he and Judy um, serenade a, a patient and sing this beautiful harmony together. And it was so moving. I mean, obviously, um, 
because he passed away, but it just it just really it just really just drove it home how how incredibly uh, talented a, a guy he was. Yeah, that was a uh, his character added a nice. It came in handy, you know. The the, the yeah. so many shows that um, succeed, I think, build a world of supporting characters, and that you can go to, or just like probably number one would be The Simpsons. They have like yeah. a poster, and there's two hundred recognizable characters in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, of course, give me thirty years, and maybe I could do that too with a TV show. <laughs> they've they've had a <laughs> right. lot of time to add yeah, yeah. The right. yeah. characters, but uh, but Scrubs did a good job of that. Yeah, and you yeah. know, Bill, Bill always called them his assassins. Those people like, you know, Bob Clendenin or or Matt Winston or or or, uh, mm-hmm. or, or Phil Lewis who played Hooch, who Rob became Maschio. Rob Maschio, who became well, Rob had a bigger part than those guys. But I mean, just being like, you know, think about Phil Lewis who came on and would do I don't know how many episodes he did total, but he's I, directing I now. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's yeah he's he's doing very well as a director. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know if, if this happens. To you, Donald, but I'll be walking down the street and people be like, "Hey, love you on the show." Hooch is crazy, and it's like it's like a little slogan about Phil Lewis's character, and he must have done like a handful. Of, I mean, that's the amount of influence. Uh, sorry, that's the amount of impact he had on on fans because they were just like they loved him so much. Well, remember, it started off as Turner and Hooch, where Tom Hanks's brother came on as Turner, and Phil Lewis played Hooch, and they had this whole little adventure that they went on together right. as Turner and Hooch. In really? the hospital, they got yeah. They yeah. somehow got paired together. One of them was a medical doc, and one of them was a surgeon. And they would tag team a bunch of patients, right? Uh, and I it, think was it was a, a play- really, yeah, elaborate way for the writers to get a Turner and Hooch joke, <laughs> yeah. right? But they got Tom Hanks's brother to play the Turner character, just like in the movie, right? And right. then somehow it turned into this whole story with Phil coming back as this crazy ass doctor. But when it originally happens. The two of them are, you know, he's not crazy or anything like that. <laughs> then it turned into, it turned into us joking around like, oh, Hooch is crazy. Hooch is so crazy. And then by the end of it, it's no, that Hooch is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he is genuinely crazy. <laughs> people, people love that. The, no, 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 not joking. Hooch is fucking crazy. <laughs> like dangerous. Yeah, yeah. like, right. and then and then there was an episode where you put like. Someone, was it me or you, put bullion cubes in the shower head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, which one of y'all put bullion cubes in the shower? <laughs> and we're sitting there trying not to like, and he's like, he's, I will, right. and he's like, I will cut you. <laughs> <laughs> him, with the, him with the crack lighter that goes yeah, like, you know, yeah. six feet. That's a anyway. very popular gif I always use. Uh, Hooch yeah. with like a, a six-inch lighter flame. Yeah. By the way, I remember right. a funny thing about uh, the, Tom Hanks' brother who was on the show. He did the voice for one of the... Toy Story things, not not the not the movies, but like I don't know if it was like a book or or something. Yeah, that Tom, yeah something that Tom Hanks couldn't be bothered to do, and he, he and he had a similar voice. So uh, I so I, he would just throw him, you know, I guess being generous to his brother, like here you do some of this stuff, and uh, and I just remember learning for the first time that that uh, that you know that he that he did some of the non movie stuff. That's amazing. A little trivia for you out there. Yeah. Just a little trivia. Elliot is into some kinky stuff, right? I mean, I just realized yeah. that this is a runner through the series. The episode opens up with her talking to Scott Foley about um, being a, wanting to be called a bad girl, and they're going to go sh- shopping or, or stop by her house for a schoolgirl outfit. And then I just started thinking about all these times in the in the series where Elliot's got some 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 kink. She likes to role play. Yeah, she she likes the dirty stuff. She likes the dirty talk. <laughs> 
I think that's even one of my lines in the show. Oh, she like a the dirty talk. Oh, really? <laughs> I even say in this that episode? No, not in this episode, but like later on in the series, I know I say something and like that. And then later on when she and, and Foley are making out, she's like, say um, intercourse. Like she's got these weird kinks. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's, 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 I, <laughs> I, yeah, I remember there was one where I was like an apple thief. I had to be dre- I was a part of one of their I don't know if that was a fantasy or if it was real, but they had There asked was one me- where she climbed up on top of me on a on one of the ta- on a surgical table. Yeah, that was, was a fantasy though. That was a it? fantasy. Yeah. Oh, the, yeah, of course, yeah. Do you remember, remember that she she, was, she, it was? she had a um a nurse thing on. Like a red I mean, cross a, thing. Yeah, the red cross. And they thing had on. to in post they had to change it to green because no, you don't use the Red Cross's oh, logo. That's funny. that's funny. That's a little bit of trivia right there. You can't have you sex go. on a uh, surgical table with the Red Cross emblem on. We, we're not going to approve that. But if you got the green one, if it's green, it's med- fine. Which is the medical marijuana one. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah, no. <laughs> it's funny. The Green Cross in the UK just means pharmacy or normal pharmacy. And now that you live in, we live in California, for those of you who don't have dispensaries wherever you are everywhere there's a medical dispensary recreational or 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 medical it's the green cross so it's funny when i first moved and spent some time in in london i was like wow they have a lot of dispensaries they're on every corner Uh, I laughed out loud at a Loma right. Bring, hey, uh, I hope. Let's make this quick. I got tickets to bringing the noise, bringing the funk, and I don't want to miss the noise. <laughs> I laughed. Uh, <laughs> Loma. She had a couple good lines in that episode. Yeah, yeah. she really I does. Mean, she she really does nail it every time. Though, like you you you're absolutely right about the cast of characters that came after the core seven. You know what I mean? It's like everyone always seemed to nail their jokes. You know what I mean? And 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 it's it's a I don't know if Bill had a thing where it's like if you didn't nail the jokes, you didn't come back. But oh, know, of course, that is kind of the thing. If you're not funny, you're not coming back. I would love to know the people that he had. Oh, we don't want to. We don't want to out him. Well, well, I'm not going to but... put. I'm, this is conversation to have with him. Not, no one's at listening. Another, <laughs> right, at, at another time, but I would. No, but I'd I mean, you can know, know in your head there were there were people that that could have easily. What happened with Neil is is the ultimate example. Neil Neil was in the pilot, and Bill was like, "I'm making this guy a series regular." Whereas right. whereas there's people who who did one or two, and he's like, "All right, well, it was nice meeting you." Right. <laughs> yeah. What about you skipped something and I wanted to talk to you about it when when Judy uh, touches your belly and goes boink and who's she goes who's your new friend I didn't I didn't I didn't want to that Oh you wanted to skip that I didn't want to skip it but you know I when I when I was watching the show I was like and this is where my eating habits changed you know what I mean like <laughs> But do you, but is... I have a question because I think it's just a story point because when they cut to you later running with Johnny C and you're in the gym you look fit as hell so this didn't come out of the writers being like, ooh, Donald's gained a few, did it? Listen. It didn't look listen, like you had. Listen, back then, I was 175 pounds when we started the show, right? Right. I got up to 190 pounds, and everybody, I could feel the, you know, where my clothes didn't fit the same and everything oh. like that. And season one this, this happened? Yeah, around season one. You, you know, you get comfortable when you're working and stuff like that. And I remember thinking, you know, wow, I guess I look big on camera now. And, you know, I, I remember dieting and doing all of these things, right? And at one point, I, you know, I, 
I, I guess I, I gained some weight, but this was, this became an issue for me as time went on where I didn't think about weight up until scrubs. Oh. Like I didn't give a shit about how I looked or how I was perceived. I didn't, you know, I just, I ate what I wanted to and you know, I, I worked out a shit ton, but then all of a sudden it became, okay, no, you have to work to maintain this weight for the show or it's going to be in the script and people are gonna <laughs> Wait, so, so did anyone ever say anything to you? Like, you need to lose weight? No, but I once heard, and I, I'm going to call Sarah out on this, but I once heard Sarah, you know, while we were filming, talking to a bunch of people like, yo, somebody hit me up on a chat line and was like, yo, is Donald Faison on the Krispy Kreme diet? Oh. And I was like, yo! <laughs> and I remember being like, yeah, I am on a Krispy Kreme diet, but who gives a shit, dude? Why it's does funny because care? the story of Turk in the show is that doctors get so busy, they don't have time to exercise, they're, they, they're stress eating. And it's kind of what happened to you as an actor on the show. We had crazy hours. There's a giant craft service table with donuts. And, uh, you know. And I love, of, first of all, I love donuts. Let's, let's keep it 100. Like, is that your favorite for my, thing? For my birthday, my wife bought me a donut machine, dude. You'd think I'm fucking bullshitting. <laughs> she went on Amazon and got me a commercial grade donut making machine, dude. <laughs> And Is that I the found one that, that just they go down like the little <laughs> just like a Krispy Kreme. And I and, and I was like, you got that shit? And she was like, Yeah. I was like, we gotta look at the dimensions on how big this thing is. This shit's like 56 inches. Like it's like a six foot. Whatever six feet is, it's like a six foot long track and it makes donut. It doesn't make like one donut at a time. It makes like seven, to, it makes a dozen donuts at a fucking time, dude. And I'm like, holy shit. I even said to her, I was like, babe, is there a way that we can return this? And she was like, yeah, but it has to get here first. Now I know me. Once it gets here, I'm going to make donuts on that thing, man. <laughs> Wait, it's, this is it's recently? Get, it hasn't come yet? It hasn't come yet. Oh, my God. Because the way it happened was because I'm going through Amazon, and you know how once you, once you buy something on Amazon, it hits you with, if you like this, if you since you bought this, you, you know, you might right. like this. Right. And I was like, hold up. Why are all these donut machines showing up? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not going to help your diet, bro, if you have a donut machine in your house. I've, I've, come, up with a, I've come up with an idea on what I want to do with, this, with said donut machine. What? I am going to make Donnie's Donuts, okay? And I'm going to sell donuts to the masses. I'm going to okay. outsell about, you know, it makes like a dozen donuts at a time. I'll sell, I don't know, maybe five dozen donuts a day. Okay, out of the out of your front door. Not out of the front door. I'll do it on sets or something like that. Where I'll, you know, where I'll, you know, if you have a and you're not going to give it to charity. You're just going to pocket that money, right? This is your side. Fuck yeah, man! I got to pay for that donut machine. That shit costs a lot of money. I know my wife bought it for me, but you know it comes out of my motherfucking pocket you, you now, know don't what's you? Funny, I never realized until now is like when you have a joint bank account with your wife and 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 or your partner, or whatever, and they give you like a really expensive present. Is part of you like, uh, <laughs> yeah, thank dude. you, but what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure my wife thinks that way too. Like, how much? The first thing she says every time I buy something, how much did it cost? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You know, don't you worry about it. I I've looked. Wait. I got. I had the opportunity to see how much the donut machine cost because it was on my Amazon, Amazon account. I can't wait to see the commercial donut machine in your house. When this is all said and done, I invite you all over. Come over. I'll make donuts for you. All right. Well, I didn't realize it was a sore spot for you, and uh, so. But anyway, uh, it was written in the script that Turk has gained some pounds. 
Yeah, well, it turns out that Turk gets diabetes too because of his eating habits. And, you know, oh. part of me thinks, like, yeah, like, uh, is that later? Yeah, later on, Turk okay. gets diabetes, literally. <laughs> the episode, uh, <laughs> My Diabetes. My Diabetes. Um, but I remember thinking, you know, that your real life would somehow wind it, like, I don't have diabetes, but your real life would somehow wind its way up into the script. You know what I mean? And I yeah. remember I started, I, I was losing my hair at a very young age, and Bill wrote into the script, the reason why Turk doesn't grow his hair out is because it's patchy. And I remember being like, oh, hold on now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He's I just noticed so that you have hair on your head. Yeah. I have a you, shit ton you, of you hair. Stop shaving and not your so head. much in the front. Not so much on the front, but like on the sides. He just like has I'm... a big, a big receding hairline, but it looks good. Anyway. I like the way it looks. By the way, you just made me think you could do a mohawk, which would be cool. It would be like really thin in the front, and then it would get really thick in the back, though, which right. is not right. really the All dopest right. mohawk on the planet. Right. But anyway. I remember being. I remember him doing that and being like, "Wait, hold on a second. Bill thinks I can't grow hair." And I, <laughs> and I legit. So there's like a, there's like six episodes where Turk has a full head of hair, just because I was like, "There's no way I'm gonna let anybody think right. that I can't grow no." Like it became personal at some points, and this was one of those moments with the donut where it was like, when I was watching, I was like, "And this, that, I think this is where it all went down, where I started to realize." Oh, I have to be in a certain shape for things. I have to look a certain way because before that, I didn't care about it, and I was still working. Right. Well, don't you feel that way now, though? Still, when you when you get jobs that like when you did when you were on emergence for a year, did you feel like that you wanted to be in in good shape for the camera? No, I just wanted to look fresh in the face for camera. Like these are things that I've like I've learned that my drinking habits and my uh, marijuana habits have made it so that you know if I don't take time off from it you can see it in my face you know what i mean yeah. i look at pictures at, at at us when we were kids and when we and when we would go to the parties and everything like that and we drink at the parties and you could literally see in our faces and pictures yeah those guys are fucking wasted yeah and as i've gotten older that's lasted much longer than it you know what i mean if i drink on tuesday you know i gotta wait until like friday until it's all gone out of my out of my face or I have, mm -hmm. you know, real big bags under my eyes and same thing with smoking. So when I went and did emergence, I cut out all booze and alcohol for a, sh for, for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. I mean, booze and uh, marijuana for a long period of time. And you I, don't, know, I don't know what emergence is. What's emergence? No one so did. did. No one did. No, 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 one, no one watched it. No. It didn't okay. emerge. <laughs> it did. It didn't emerge the way the way I wanted you, it. You to. know, uh, Neil. Both Donald and I, uh, as you know, because you helped me with some press, which I really appreciate. As you know, Donald and I both uh, had ABC shows, um, and unlike the middle, uh, they both uh, completely bombed. Yeah, they didn't make it. Was it, the middle was an ABC show, right? Yeah. 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 Was it ABC Studios also? Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers for ABC. Wow. Yeah, we were ABC for NBC originally, and NBC was like, no, we're going to pass on it. And ABC was like, oh, well, we'll pick it up. And we went a full season. And uh, Are you no still sad season. about it? How are you feeling about it? I'm fine. I, you know, I... How long, how long, like, how long do you pout about something like that? Well, like, I have bad news. I, I, I think I pout for, like, a few days, and then I'm like, all right, fuck it. Yeah, I didn't pout that long about this one. I loved the show, and I loved the cast members, and I loved working with everyone. Uh, but it was in Jersey, and not oh, that yeah. I have something—not that I have something wrong with Jersey—but coming out of a pandemic and going back to work in New Jersey 
And well, don't say it kids. like that on behalf of the Garden State. I, I think the, the point is that you didn't want to be separated from your family. It wasn't that yeah, it was like Jersey. If you, would let me, if, you, if you would let me finish, coming out of a pandemic and going back to Jersey, which I, I had a great time in Jersey and I love Jersey. Yes, but we going know you back like Jersey leave, City. And leaving my kids back in Los Angeles again, it would fuck them up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, 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 I understand that. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't want to... Uh, do a show in another state. Uh, yeah. Maybe the time will come, but I think yeah. nah, I don't even no, want I to agree. drive to I, Fox. I, yeah. I, I agree, Neil. I, I I wouldn't. I would do a film, obviously, anywhere, but I wouldn't sign on. I don't think. And I mean, I'll mark I'll mark my words. I'm sure I'll, uh, there'll be an occasion where I might change my mind. But right now, I think in, to commit long term to something, it would be New York or L.A. where where I'm based, and I have. You know, and I'm I'm unlike Donald. I don't have like uh, kids yet, um, but I'm still in a place where I don't I don't want to go move to to Stad. <laughs> where? <laughs> I I always choose Stad as my random city. It's it's a, I believe it's a ski town in Switzerland. It's straight out of coming uh, trading places. Trading places where, where Dan Aykroyd's at the pawn shop trying to sell the watch. And the dude's like 50 bucks. He's like, 50 bucks? No, this is a such and such. It tells time in New York, London, L.A., and Stad. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like the Aspen of the Alps. It's like a fancy ski town. Which, by, by the way, was a horrible example for my story because I, I should have picked a place no one wants to live. Maybe I would like to live in the Aspen of the Alps. Right, we're going to take a quick break. And then, Neil, we take a guest with the show who's going to have an awesome question for one of us, I'll bet. Oh, rewatch your wigs at Andano. Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey, listeners. It's been over a year since my family switched to our first Helix Sleep mattress. And let me tell you, we've never slept better at my house. If you're still sleeping on an old-school spring mattress, you're not getting your best night's sleep. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including their award-winning Lux and Ultra Premium Elite collections. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress, depending on the model. Don't want to take my word for it? Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash realfriends. That's helixsleep.com slash realfriends. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Tacovas are one of my favorite boot brands. They're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've made some innovations in comfort, style, and service. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. 
Whenever I slip on my Tacoba's boots, I feel the cowboy magic, Donald. They're tough enough for getting dirty, but classic and stylish enough for a night out on the town. If you ever wonder if you can pull off cowboy boots, you should pull on a pair of Tacobas. You'll see. They'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. If you can't make it into a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T E C O V A S.com and point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R E A L F R I E N D S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code REALFRIENDS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas. only at Tacovas.com. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. I like that theme, by the way. It's very churchy. Yes! <laughs> yes! Yes! Speaking them. of churchy, dude, do you remember the church episode where we did it in the hospital cafeteria and you had the freaking uh, straw hat? What was it? What kind of hat is that? Where it's like a straw hat like a, and you were clapping? Maybe? <laughs> really? Yeah. Going along with it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think you had a, Neil, I think you had a tambourine, as I recall. That could be. Golly. Samuel Center is in the house. Uh, that's Samuel Center. Uh, Joelle, do you have any special introduction you want to make of Samuel Center? Or should we just start talking to Samuel Center? Just get right on into it. Hi, Hello, Samuel. Hello, Samuel. Oh, beautiful people. This is crazy. How Hi, are you? It is crazy. Welcome. You are a professional, dude. You came with the mic popping thing. Donald needs mic. one of those because he spits everywhere. So um, I have a spit problem. Yeah, Dan, can you get... Uh, Samuel has, for those of you listening, has... One of those very fancy uh, circle things you put in front of a mic, and uh, and Donald needs one of those dancing. I have one. I have one. No, well, we need it. We need it now. It's probably called the spit guard or a yes, spit, spit guard. shield. You know, when I first saw the spit guard was in the We Are the World uh, music video, <laughs> and that's where I also saw that you were supposed to hold your headphones like this over one ear when so you're you singing, could, so, so you, you can hear. hear yeah, so hear the harmonies when you're down and out. That's and probably uh, if you care. If you think you look better without headphones on your head, I think that's how you hold the headphones. Right. Yes, Mike, that's Mike true. didn't want to mess up the freaking You're Jerry right. Curl, so You're he held right. it to the You're side. You're right, Neil. All the people that knew they were shooting a video were like, you know what? When you're down <laughs> exactly. and out, and you're feeling the home and on. <laughs> but if you just believe, we should do a, Donald, we should do an episode of this where we recreate the, the video, um, and we each take turns playing different characters in the song. Yeah, sure, man. I I fucking did that as a kid. I used to do that as a kid. I could do it as an adult, I used too. To, I, I used to love that. I would watch that over and over and over again. Anyway, sorry, Samuel, where are you calling Samuel from? Samuel Center! Okay, where are you? that's Oprah. Where are you calling from, Samuel? I'm calling from a small town called Cloquet in Minnesota. Cloquet, Minnesota! Okay, Oprah, we got it. We the got far it. north. 
welcome. You have Neil Flynn with us today, and uh, that's Donald doing his best Oprah. And, uh, and do you have a question for us of anything? Ask us anything. Ask you anything. Ask what happens when we die? <laughs> oh, oh, wow. wow. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't do well, that. Samuel, I, I, you thank you, Samuel. Samuel. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, Samuel. Everybody, yeah, this is great. Can you play the, uh, the, uh, the, the music that drives it off? No. Go ahead, Samuel. You got a real question. Go ahead. I do. I have a real question for you. Uh, first of all, thank you for all of the years of entertainment. This is such a thrill to meet you guys. Uh, no, it's incredible. Thank you. So in, in terms of entertainment, you guys have been there for, you've been in the business for so long and just seeing how things change. And it feels like people's attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. And, uh, Mr. Flynn, uh, such a improv comedy genius and, uh, Zach, you're a writer and, uh, Mr. Faison, you just kind of embody what cool is to me. And you've been doing, I mean, since clueless, man, my sister was big into clueless and I can't tell you how much I look up to you and I've tried to emulate some of the style that you have uh accepted and received accepted <laughs> and received thank you but but as things have changed and people's attention spans have gotten shorter how do you feel yourselves adapting as entertainers writers and, and improv comedy people do you feel like you've had to shift the way you approach things or do you feel like you've kept it the same to just stay true to your art or how does that feel on your end that's a good question. You know, they just came out with this service that, I, I, as I understand it, isn't, isn't doing as well as anyone hoped called Quibi, which is basically like 10-minute episodes you can watch on your phone, which I would have thought would, would do well because people are commuting and they're sitting in a doctor's office. And, and for all I know, it will, it will do well one day. But that, that I was thinking of, of, of that service when you, when you said that. The biggest thing I notice is that whenever I do anything, if it's a TV show, if it's a film, if it's a music video, if it's a documentary... Everyone writes me on, on uh, Instagram, when's that going to be on Netflix? It's as though it's like the only thing most people watch anymore. So that's always on my mind when I'm going out and I'm pitching a new idea. I'm always kind of like, wow, I, I, you know, Netflix has so much content. But in my mind, I'm thinking like, I kind of want this to be on Netflix because that's what everybody seems to watch these days. Whenever, you know, I'll, I'll, I like... You know, when I, we were talking briefly about the ABC show I did, um, Alex Inc., that didn't didn't uh, last or, or work that well. But I remember when I was promoting it, I was just doing anything I could to promote it. Anything, anything, anything. And then everyone was like, sounds great, Zach. When's it on Netflix? And I'm like, well, it's not. It's it's on ABC. It's it's not It's not going to be on Netflix. <laughs> but I don't know. That's what I, I just got thinking about that. What about you guys? I feel like it's – well, you know, I'm, while we're in this downtime, I'm trying to uh, – you know, I got a couple of other voices trying to develop something, you know, to do when, when we can start to work again. Yeah. And it's really, I've never done that before. I've never uh, helped create a show, but I feel like it, to start a new show now, I don't think attention spans are any shorter necessarily. People are watching stuff. It's just not the same stuff they used to watch. And there's more TV than there ever was. And I feel like if you're going to start something from the ground up, you can't just do um, a family living room multicam. You know, it's just, it feels like that's gone. Mm. There has to be something, a hook to the show. Yeah. And whether it's, you know, I don't know what really shows are doing, a period piece or, uh, his, uh, you know, real people like, I don't know, the Kennedys or something or the Queens and Kings or something fantastical or outer space or... It just feels like you can't do the the, the time has passed. Do the Johnson family? Although, and, although Neil, you just gave me a genius idea to do a traditional like living room sitcom, <laughs> but it's uh, kings and queens in a castle. 
I would do it except they live on like the set of the Cosby show. They're, <laughs> they're kings and queens, but they just have a, a couch no, and a television. They have a couch and a <laughs> but they're they're royals and they've been transported from an, from another era, but and they don't really know why they're there, but they, they live in this this you know suburban house. I, that, that could work, or that could have worked in 1986, you know. <laughs> Come on, man. I, if Alf could work. I was just going to say Alf. Or, yeah, we, we, we talked about Alf extensively um, uh, in one of these episodes because I remember as a kid, a child, seeing a commercial for Alf and being like, that's so stupid. No one's going to watch that. And then cut to me like riveted every week, like <laughs> watching Alf. What's well, Alf? Really? Alf? What are you I mean, doing? I recall Alf? that being kind of funny. I, I think it was a kind of a funny show. No, it was genius. And Max Wright, who is hilarious, uh, yeah? played the father. What? What are you doing, Alf? And he notoriously hated being on a puppet show. He hated every second of it. Oh wow! <laughs> he, he hated the puppet. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that puppet! I want to walk off this set. Fuck you, Alf. <laughs> I'm going um, to a trailer, Alf. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> this is a true story. Alf the puppet was actually my sleep paralysis demon from like age three to ten. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. I didn't see sleep paralysis demon. What's it about? <laughs> I have all their music. What is, a, what is a sleep paralysis demon for those of us who don't know? All right. So sleep paralysis is like this condition where you're you know, dead asleep. And you, and if I'm sure, you know, if you don't know, uh, there's chemicals in your body that release to paralyze you while you're sleeping so that you don't get up and run while you're dreaming. Right. Um, there's things, there's a phenomenon that can happen where you achieve consciousness, but you're still paralyzed by those things that are keeping you sleeping. And, uh, I happen to get that and have since I was a really little kid. And typically for whatever reason, whatever you want to say about the human condition or whatever, uh, when people are stuck in this, they go to a very dark space and usually they see, something really uh, ugly or terrifying. And this, I mean, it could be anything. It can be a literal, so, so people call them their sleep paralysis demons. And Alf was literally mine. There was a commercial <laughs> on TV where Alf uh, pressed his face against the glass. It was probably from like the premiere episode. Yeah. And when I was eight years old, I, I think specifically, anytime I would get in the sleep paralysis state, there would be Alf at the edge of my, my bed. Wow, like, were you terrified? Face. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. frightening thing. And was Alf oh, saying anything to you, or was he, was, just, he was just him up against the glass at the foot of your bed? Yeah, it was just him against the glass. I don't know, man. <laughs> do, do you still have a sleep, paralysis, a sleep paralysis demon now? Yeah. And is it still Alf? Is it still Alf? <laughs> no, now it's just, uh, now it's just, um, I was going to say something, but I won't. <laughs> no, now it's, uh, it's actually a guy in a suit. <laughs> okay. Wow. 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 That's scary. Well, that's very scary. I, uh, I, I. That's traumatic. You know, Alf. Uh, I, I, I didn't have that much problems with Alf. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we brought it up. We brought it up on the show before. I didn't know. I don't know if this was in your sleep paralysis nightmare, but Alf has a tail. Um, we learned, uh, Neil, because uh, I had the stuffed animal for Alf, and I was a child. And what I would do is I would take the <laughs> Alf tail and I would tuck it through its legs and close his legs. To give him a giant erect Alf penis, Mr. Braff, you've changed my life in many ways, and now I want to thank you because now my sleep paralysis Alf is going to have a big old tail penis when he comes to my bed. 
<laughs> so thank you for that. Now, Sam, I'm going to feel so bad if it goes back from man in suit to Alf with an Alf erection. I, I apologize, but maybe you'll be able to laugh at him. Just point and laugh at him. Maybe he'll, he'll dissipate. I'm not sure I understood the question. I thought you were asking, like, how do how we... He was saying, in, now that, in his opinion, uh, and, and in an opinion of others, uh, things are getting shorter and shorter for short attention spans. Do you think there's any way that you have uh, adapted the way you perform or evolved things that you're doing for, for a shorter attention span, whether it's anything you do? Uh... Maybe in your animated videos, you, you know, I noticed something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer for Donald, and Donald, you pipe in. You used to post some of your stop motion animation longer clips. Now you're posting very short clips. Do you think that's for yeah, a human attention span? Absolutely, because at one point I realized there. Thank you very much, Zach. At one point I realized people were not paying attention past a minute. You know what I mean? Fuck that. Not paying attention past thirty seconds. Uh, and so now when I do when I post animation clips, they're like four seconds or five seconds, because. You know, uh, if anything, they'll watch it a couple of times, three or four times before they move on to the next thing to make sure they're uh, to just to pick up visually uh, what it was that they saw. You know what I mean? So like yeah. with animation, if it doesn't look right, people don't necessarily pay attention to it. And also, I have a, I have a side question. If you're doing animation, is it better for you to focus on a short do do a short little segment really, really, really well? rather than do work on a full minute that has mistakes in it. Yeah, it's it's better to do it, in my opinion. If you can do a, a full minute of perfect animation, you're great. But no movie is like that either, though. You know what I mean? There are very few movies that have scenes that are a one or for one minute. You know what I mean? And if they do do that, it's a special shot. And so with animation, you try to shoot it just like you would shoot any other project that you put on film, whether it be movie or television you want to make it quick and keep the cuts coming so that everybody, the faster the pace, the better it is with animation. The slower the slower the pace of the story, the easier it is for people to tune out. Sometimes I send you um, clips of animation that I think is cool and you don't even reply. And it hurts my feelings. I'm sorry, because I've seen them already. I know, but you could say, yes, I've seen this. I could say, yes, I've seen this. Thank you. It's like when you my mom what? sends me From a picture of a, my mom sent me a picture of like a bird and you know, I, 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 okay, <laughs> but I can, I still take the time to be like, pretty bird, mom. You know, you could, you might, you know, might say, hey, Zach, cool animation, saw this one. You know what? From here on out, because I now know that you're very sensitive when it comes <laughs> yeah. to. I am sensitive. I will, from here on out, I will respond with, oh man, I've seen that already, but thank you. All right. Samuel, do you have another question? I got all kinds of questions, but we'll keep it. We'll keep it like uh, just knowing that Mr. Flynn is there, uh, which is so cool. I just have to say, I seriously think you're one of the funniest people that has ever existed, especially in the modern I told age him, of comedy. I told him that too. <laughs> Sam, I agree. It's just totally true. I'm just, uh, you know, just free balling here. Uh, let's free just say balling. that. Yeah. Free balling. Always. <laughs> always. You don't on, have dude. to tell us what your underwear situation is. Sam. <laughs> put some yeah. underwear on. I said the wrong word. I'm I nervous, think it's spitballing. But you know what I mean. It's a spitball. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is why Alf won't leave the foot of your bed. He wants to see those balls. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Samuel. All right, Samuel. Go ahead. Free ball away. <laughs> um, janitor spinoff of Scrubs. Let's just say they, they brought it back. Let's just say they got Mr. Braff and Mr. Faison uh, signed on as co-stars in at least the, the pilot episode. Where would you want to explore the janitor's character now, and what would you want the episode to revolve around? What kind of stuff would you like to be in it? 
outer space. <laughs> That's where it's set. We're, we're marooned in outer space. <laughs> so it's sort of like a Gilligan's Island type thing. Are we on a planet or on a ship? Are we on a ship, Neil, or on, an, or on a planet? Uh, a ship. And then, then, like, toward the end of the first season, it lands. <laughs> sort of like, sort of like Josie and the Pussycats, the janitor and the and the doctors. Yes, it's very much like Josie and the Pussycats. And <laughs> I was hoping you wouldn't notice that I stole the. So the janitor's also in a band. Well, yeah, we're now, all musicians. Yeah, now we're Neil, <laughs> Neil, you you joke, but I would watch this show. I mean, not near to necessarily steal the character from Scrubs, but you could be your character is a janitor on a on a spaceship. <laughs> Which is a character you never see. <laughs> Who's well, cleaning? Yeah. Who's cleaning these spaceships? <laughs> that's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, Donald, you watch so much sci-fi. Have you ever seen anyone cleaning up inside any of those ships? No, never. Not even the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> which is the dirtiest spaceship in the galaxy. Uh, no yeah, one's ever inside or out. No one does any maintenance. Never, ever. Maybe Jordy did a little maintenance. Well, but Jordy was like a—he was an engineer, though, man. He was like, oh, that's know. right. I knew he was no, working like, on never, something. Like just like like your character would often be, you know, be doing something. We, we joke about Neil that we sometimes we're like, you know what? The janitor was actually a good janitor for all his. <laughs> he was—he uh, really worked a lot. He was always doing shit, and uh, and you always funny. you always were actually working. I would have said the opposite. There was oftentimes I would say, should I be doing something? I'm constantly just walking around a corner with nothing in my hands. You know, <laughs> what are you doing? Wasn't there a time when when, when someone, a director said uh, to mop in the admissions and you're like, there's a carpet. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I don't remember that. Anyway, uh, I'm very interested, Neil, in developing this uh, You're a Janitor on a Spaceship series. Okay, yeah, because if it's a, it's about three guys that they're marooned out in space. Okay, right. well, what did they do beforehand? Were they scientists or they were on a mission? Donald and I were were the astronauts. well, two guys were on a mission and one guy was cleaning the ship for them. No, 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 Donald and no, Donald, <laughs> no, Donald. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Donald and I are on a mission, and part of this mission, because there's been a lot of complaints about cleanliness in spaceships, they sent along a, a member of the janitorial staff to keep the ship clean while okay. they're on their mission. Right. And then once it once it crashes or whatever, the status, you know, the the the, the, the totem pole is scrambled. Yes. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> now because the big scientists, you know, are scared shitless, like, and the janitor's like, I can handle this. Guys, <laughs> follow my lead. Yeah. The yeah. janitor. So the janitor becomes the captain. Yes. And maybe maybe Donald and I are injured, so we can't really do much. But the janitor takes over. <laughs> well, no, we don't have to be injured. We just have to be like kind of like. Not really good with other things other than piloting like, and science. No survival skills whatsoever. Yeah, whatsoever. Right. That's good, Neil. So Neil's character is like, not only was he working for a custodial staff, but he was an amazing survivalist. And Donald and I don't know anything about how to survive on this random planet. <laughs> <laughs> our, our, our journey could have been just, we were supposed to go to the International Space Station, right. and that's it. And right. somehow we got knocked off course by some crazy-ass gamma wave or some type of microwave right. or something right. like that. And it sends us into a wormhole, and we wind up in this fucking galaxy where we don't know shit about anything. Right. But And don't know how to survive other than if we were to be, you know, on an international space station. And Neil Flynn... The janitor. Janitor. 
<laughs> hey, you know what? I just thought of something. What's didn't, up? didn't Star Trek, they, they, they went to different planets and stuff, right? Yes. They, they never wore helmets or suits. Those, Ever. Uh, they had oxygen in those, those. All those planets had oxygen. They were all life-supporting <laughs> oh. planets, yeah. Right, apparently. I'm, I imagine you know. they made that decision early on. <laughs> well, I imagine, like you said, with the headphones not looking good, I'm sure that, uh, what's his name, <laughs> Captain Kirk was like, you're not putting the helmet on this head. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Shatner yeah. was like, no way, Shatner. you see this? You see this? No way. Shatner. Uh, yeah, so that's the idea. Joel, will you produce? Joel will produce. Um, thank and, you. Uh, we're off to the races. Samuel, thank Samuel. you for calling in, my friend. Oh, it's such a pleasure to meet everybody. Thank you very much. Thanks, Samuel. You're awesome, man. And good luck. And listen, don't let those monsters keep you in, in bed. Be safe. Now I'm going to show them my balls and laugh at them. That's oh, okay. There you, there you go. All right. And that's a lesson for everybody out there. If you're ever afraid, show them your balls and just laugh at them. Uh, well, I'll Maybe see not. you in jail. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah, well, well. Right. Donald's like, well, well I'm like, uh, never mind, never mind, never mind. Bye, Samuel. Samuel Bye. Be well. Be healthy, man. Take care. Oh, my God. I have so many questions. <laughs> Back to Space Janitor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that Neil's, like, furiously taking notes about this. <laughs> yes, I am. I wonder if part of it should be a game show or maybe the whole thing a game show. Just for some reason, Space we're sticking janitor. with this these these elements that are a janitor lost in space. Okay, Carter family. <laughs> 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 what is the capital of Shad? For the Stad. 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 Yeah, and believe it or not, Neil, Stad starts with a G. There's a silent G. What? Yeah, you, I believe you know what the spelling, uh, Joel, if you check, is G-S-T-A-A-D, if I'm not mistaken. Stad. Go ahead. That reminds me of Djibouti. I think it's pronounced, except it yeah, starts with an N. I think a D. Djibouti starts with a D. Oh, you're, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But now, I, thought Neil, could... I remember when we used to do the show, you used to do crossword puzzles. Did I? Did yeah, I've gone through phases. Yeah. The New York Times, probably. Yeah. And you would do, mm. I remember, I, I never, I'm, I suck at spelling and I also suck at crossword puzzles. <laughs> but um, would you ever get to, would you ever get to the Sunday one? Have you ever... You know what I mean? Like I hear the Sunday ones are the real hard ones. Monday it gets easy, and then yeah, that's as the true. week goes, it gets uh, more difficult. And you're asking yes, if you could finish a Sunday is what you're asking. I'm asking. I'm asking how deep into the week would you get? Because I know there were times where you would, you know, I I remember asking you one. You'd be like, "Oh, this is from like a couple of weeks ago." Hmm. Oh, really? Well, that's you know, you know it depends on how you know, hard you work. Sometimes you just pick it up for ten minutes and. Go on about your day, but I haven't done one in a long time. But um, yes, I used to complete most of the time the same day, within an hour or two. Okay, I can't do it. I was always jealous of people that could. I was. I I think at least what I know to be true is that actually Saturday's the hardest day. Sunday's the big puzzle. Sunday's like the supersized puzzle. It's not necessarily harder. So it builds to Saturday, and then Sunday's a bigger one, and Monday's the easiest. I feel like I have maybe done a Monday. All right. I've never. I, I remember somebody saying that to me and being like, "Oh, okay, let me get the one on Monday." I just don't know. And then I realized stuff. you had to. You had to. Boy, you had to read the paper too. And that was you the also other I didn't know a lot of trivia. I mean, I could do it if it was like you know, three no, you letters, to... three letters, star of a sitcom, alien puppet. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that forty six percent of us don't take all our vacation days, even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. 
In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey, listeners. It's been over a year since my family switched to our first Helix Sleep mattress. And let me tell you, we've never slept better at my house. If you're still sleeping on an old-school spring mattress, you're not getting your best night's sleep. The Helix lineup offers 20 unique mattresses, including their award-winning Lux and ultra-premium Elite collections. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? Take the Helix Sleep Quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door, free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress, depending on the model. Don't want to take my word for it? Helix has been awarded the number one mattress picked by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix is offering up to 30% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash real friends. That's helixsleep.com slash real friends. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Tacovas are one of my favorite boot brands. They're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've made some innovations in comfort, style, and service. These boots are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. Whenever I slip on my Tacova's boots, I feel the cowboy magic, Donald. They're tough enough for getting dirty, but classic and stylish enough for a night out on the town. If you ever wonder if you can pull off cowboy boots, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas. You'll see. They'll become your new favorite footwear. Cowboys knew what they were doing when they invented Western wear. If you can't make it into a store, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. As a special opportunity for our listeners, Tacovas has said they will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps for free into any minimum purchase of $100 on Tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R-E-A-L. F-R-I-E-N-D-S. It's about a $30 value and they sell fast, so there are always new styles and looks. Again, for a limited time, just enter code REALFRIENDS at checkout to add a free logo hat to your order as a one-time gift from Tacovas. only at Tacovas.com. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval to Terms apply. This is a nice, nice callback. Thank you, thank you, Very Neil. Nice. That means a lot Very to me. Nice. We barely talked about the episode, but we should talk about the Saint Elsewhere cast that was visiting yes. in this. Did you guys, either one of you, watch Saint Elsewhere back in the day? I did. So uh, Denzel. Yes. Yeah, was it Denzel's first role? I don't know if it was his first role, but I know he was on 
saying elsewhere. Him and Howie Mandel. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Well, the, what's the theme song like? Something like that. Yeah. That sounds very familiar. I visited yeah. the set once. I, my parents watched it. I believe it was Bruce Paltrow, um, Gwyneth Paltrow's father, who was a very big showrunner then, who produced it. Uh, with others, and um, my dad knew someone. We were visiting LA, and my dad knew someone. We got onto the set. It was like the first like real big TV set. Interestingly, I, I'm thinking about this out loud. The first real set I ever visited was uh, was a hospital set, which was St. Elsewhere. Um, and I, I think it was beyond my. It was too old for me as a child. Um, but I remember my parents really loving it. Uh, Joel just told me that Denzel made his feature film debut in the comedy A Carbon Copy. And um, and then he was that was eighty one, and then he was cast in the uh, so it's the second part probably. Um, um, and he was on he was on Saint Elsewhere eighty two to eighty eight. That'd be cool to go back and watch a young Denzel on on that show. Well, he's ba- the crazy thing is he's barely on the show. Like oh, he was really? one of the yeah you know they didn't use him a lot on the show, uh, and which was which turned out to be great for him because he would be able to go and do movies. Instead of, you know what I mean? They were like, well, you're not on the show this week. And he'd be like, oh, okay, well, there's this dude doing this project. I, you know, I'm going to sign on and do it then. So, like, I remember Cry Freedom coming out. Oh, I remember that movie. You know what I mean? Him and, uh... That's an amazing movie if you haven't seen it. Cry Freedom. Cry Freedom. Him and, uh, Fish Call Wanda. No, was it the Fish Call Wanda? Kevin Klein. It was Kevin Klein. Yeah. And so, I remember they did, I, I remember that came out. And I remember being like, holy cow, the dude from... And this is when my parents were like informing me, no, this guy is an amazing actor. He's done, he did theater in New York. You know what I mean? He's now blowing up as an actor. You should really check out, uh, if you, because I, you know, I wanted to be an actor at an early age. They were like Denzel Washington. And they showed me Cry Freedom. And I remember being like, oh my God, this is the most amazing movie ever. Yeah, that was incredible. And, uh, and I was very young when that came out. I don't know. And then, you know, from that Mississippi Masala and, you know, the Mighty Quinn and a bunch of other movies, but wow. yeah. Um, and then for, Glory eventually, right? Of course. Glory well, was, yeah, Glory I think was, Glory was the, one of the first times as a child that I that I knew who he was, and I yeah. just never seen a performance better than that performance in Glory. By the time Glory came out, I, I was well-versed in Denzel Washington. Uh, William, and, and, go, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say that for me, William Daniels is the voice of Kit. Yeah, Knight, Knight Rider. Rider. Dun- <laughs> and when and when William Daniels started speaking in this episode, I, I, for, I had forgotten. I went, oh, my God, it's Kit. Yeah. Huh. William never, Daniels was the voice of never Kit. Never watched you know, that show. Oh, yeah? You never watched Knight Rider? Not well, one he's time. A, he's a little bit older than us, so we, Donald and I were right in the pocket for, for A-Team and, and Knight Rider. And... Did you ever watch A-Team? No. Oh. Or well, the Duke, like, like, Dukes of yeah. Hazard. No. Never yeah. watched. Well, you know. I went to Universal Studios. When I was a kid, we went to Universal Studios, the tour, and they had a Knight Rider car, and you could get in it, and the car would talk to you. And it was amazing. I mean, uh, in hindsight, as an adult, it, they obviously had a hidden camera and a guy somewhere <laughs> in a room. <laughs> but, but as a child, I was like, holy shit, it's Kit. 
And I just remember thinking it was the coolest. And he would, you know, he would say things to try and show off that he could see you. He'd be like, I like your, I like your blue shirt. And, uh, and I'd be like, oh, my God, kid. Um, but they didn't have, it wasn't, it wasn't uh, William Daniels sitting in some room somewhere. It was, uh, Probably not. No, I don't think they, they, they paid his rate. Did he go on to do Boy Meets World after all of that, after Knight Rider and everything? Wasn't he like the next door neighbor? William Daniels? Yeah. Yes, know. but he, I don't know about Boy Meets World, but certainly it would have been after St. Elsewhere. Yeah. Wasn't he, I think I'm mixing him up with somebody else, but wasn't he in The Graduate? Oh, I don't know. I don't um, know. That's a good question. Joel's he might have been checking face. Jo- he might have been checking them. Dustin Hoffman's dad. Uh, the one who says plastics? Is he the one who says plastics? No, but that's in their yard. <laughs> that's right. That's a neighbor, right? Or a friend? Yeah, I can picture him saying Benjamin. Benjamin. And if it's not him, it's an actor that... Uh, Joel's checking. I'm reminds me of I'm each other. Face. And then Ed Begley. Ed Begley. And, um, and also Stephen First, who was uh, famously in Animal House. Yeah. Have you seen Animal House, Donald? I have seen it. Yes, I have seen Animal House. Yeah. I saw Animal House the night before I left for college. <laughs> was college was college like did Animal live, House? Did for it you? live up to it? Not uh, well. You know, it wasn't quite the the same. But I did join a fraternity, probably influenced by that somewhat. It seemed like they were having fun. Yeah. Did you toga? I don't think we ever did a toga thing. That would be a little too on the nose. Dude, what's up with the zombie movie all of a sudden in the middle of this episode? Out of nowhere, it it turns into a zombie movie. I know. It was Mark Buckland directing, I remember. And uh, I remember it was kind of like a wide-angle lens and trying to do uh, all sort of a a zombie film. I thought that was weird, too. Did you notice it? Sorry, I'm I'm jumping around. But at 7.03, I don't know if you noticed this, but the score all of a sudden has like record DJ scratching in it. Did you notice that? I didn't notice There's that. There's like a score cue, like all, all of a sudden it's like, chwee, chwee, chwee. <laughs> no fucking like way. Like Fresh I'm... Prince of Bel Air. Oh, wait. So, um, so Joel is saying that, Joel, are you saying that he was in The Graduate then? He was indeed. Sorry. Yes, he was in The Graduate. Neil, you're right. Okay. All right. There you go. Um, William Daniels. So, in this episode, you know, JD's all worried that he uh, has gotten sick yes. from. Uh, and I remember when I was a kid, I just felt invincible. You know what I mean? And, you know, even with even with things that I shouldn't have been, even with things that I shouldn't have been doing where I should have been using protection, I felt like invincible. Like, you know, motorcycles, uh, whatever, whatever it was where I should have, you know, wore a helmet. I, I, I didn't. You know what I mean? And because of that, I got a lot of kids. But the thing is... Um, <laughs> Or are you, I don't feel a, that are way. You, are you using a cryptic analogy because your daughter is on your lap? Yes. I see. Yes. Now, I, I, I followed it now. Yeah. Uh, you, didn't, uh, you didn't wear a helmet when you were yes. on your motorcycle. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> but the fear of disease or uh, hurting myself in any way never came across my mind. You didn't think about things like that. Now, I have nothing but fear mm-hmm. when it comes to that stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, mm. And it's it's uh, it's I, 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 I noticed that I've because of the situation that we're in and, you know, because of isolation and and quarantine and everything like that, I, I treat people a lot differently because of that. And uh, Ted, the lawyer, does that to J.D. at one point where he's like he's trying to play it off where he is, you know, uh, things will be fine. 
And then he's like, hey, don't you want your pin back? JD's like, don't you want your pin back? And the lo- and Ted's like, you know, keep it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I am now. You know what I mean? Like, when when the we get groceries delivered now, they knock on the door. I'll wait a minute before I go to the door to just to make sure that the air around the door isn't, you know? And like, if we were in a room right now and, Neil, you would have coughed like that, I'd be like, you okay, man? <laughs> I know, but you. Find, I, I was coughing last night, and I was like, "Oh my god, my girlfriend must totally think I'm sick." I, I'm, I, I don't know if you guys are conscious of that. You're like, you now you cough in public, and you're like, "No, no, I'm fine." No, 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 I'm no, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'm, fine. Fine. I'm just tickling yeah. my throat. And and that's, you know, this episode. You know, everybody needs. First of all, everybody needs to first of all chill out. You know what I mean? I know that this is a very dangerous and scary time for us and everything like that. But you're you're always jumping to the worst case scenario. You know what I mean? You you have a you have a you know a feeling in your foot. You jump online, and the next thing you know, you've got GERD. You do you're telling everybody, or oh, you got, I've got I've got a gout. You know no, what I mean? It's or not I've GERD. Got, yeah, GERD, GERD is something gout. in your in your digestive. In if your you throat, have GERD on your throat. toes, you're fucked. Yeah, you're fucked. Right. Um, but you know what I mean? It's well, like, I don't know if everyone's like that, Don. You and I might be uh, 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 neurotic and, and looking everything up and thinking we've got something bad, whereas other people might be like. No, I'm fine. I don't know that many people that are that think that way. You know what I mean? I, I, I think there's a fear. We talked about this earlier. There's a fear of going to the hospital and finding out that something's wrong. So I think a lot of people, when something does come up, they're like, ah, you know what? I'm not going to find out about it. If it's really bad, it'll kick my ass later on, and then I'll have to go to the hospital, and they'll fix it then. But, right. you know, for Jay, for for me personally, nowadays, this with this episode did for me when watching it was like it made me realize I have a real phobia when it comes to germs now and I have a real phobia when it comes to other people's germs now and it has a lot to do with what we're going through Mm. but I didn't have that shit when I was a kid I wasn't afraid of things like this you know what I mean uh there were people that got stuck with needles when we were doing the show there were a couple of people that accidentally got stuck with needles fucking around with the props you know what I mean? Thinking, oh, this that is fake. That would have freaked me out. Even I would have lost my shit. I, nowadays, I'd be like, I'm dying. I know I'm dead. Sarah was the only person that I knew. Sarah Chalk was the only person that I knew that was like, that was like, if 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 she had if she had the chills, it was it was life or death. I'm dying. I know I'm dying. You know what I mean? I it must be a I, real thing. I mean, well, how terrifying for for real medical personnel who who. Get stuck, I'm sure, on occasion. Um, if the person had something serious, how how scary that would be. We're walking around the house. Don't get sick and don't break your leg. Don't get hurt. You know what I mean? The kids are playing around. We're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Everybody calm down. We don't want to go to the hospital right now. Now's yeah. not the time to go to the hospital. Yeah, that's right. right. I mean, well, really, there's, you know, it's never a good time to go to the hospital. But, uh, yeah, I thought about that. Like if you had an um, appendix. Oh. Right. I was like going to say ass cheek. Yeah, God. I can have my ass cheek removed. <laughs> but it was an elective surgery, turns out, so I couldn't, I couldn't have that done. But yeah, you don't want anything to go wrong. You're, you're, uh... Well, we'll see, you know, in the next uh, week or so, if any of this people crowding around each other... Uh, Turns into effect. something. Well, I actually have said, uh, I don't, I, I, not to be Debbie Downer towards the end of the episode, but that uh, things are spiking back up in L.A. And uh, yeah, and no one's talking about it because um, there's plenty else uh, going on in the news, as we all know. But uh, I, I read, I read some articles like, why is no one talking about the new COVID spike in Los Angeles? Um, 
I think there's uh, spikes in a lot of places, but New York Mm -hmm. is going down so much that it looks like a flat line for the country. Oh, you mean like the national line, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, Well, yeah, I fear fear that... um, that everyone's kind of over it, you know. People are like, "All right, we did that. Fuck it. We got to get out of the house now." And and mm-hmm. and, and that might be fine if you live in a place where where this isn't as prevalent. But in, in L.A., it does appear to be climbing back up. And the um, only reason why we're talking about this right now, we know we try to get you away from uh, as as listeners, and uh, we try to keep this as uh, a distraction, a distract as much of a distraction as possible. But this is in the story. Yes, it's, you know what I mean. And so. That's why we. That's why, guys. It's in the, it's in the episode, and so you know. Just what about Scott Foley being left? I mean, listen, and Joelle, please weigh in as the the only female on the panel. But Scott Foley, Scott Foley being left alone by Sarah, standing there with his roses, it just felt a little like, just so mean. I mean, would Elliot? She found love, and and or not love necessarily, but she really liked this guy. He's about as charming as a human being could be. He looks like Scott Foley. And she's like, and she leaves him. She leaves looks him a lot at the door. Like Scott Foley. It looks exactly like Scott Foley. She leaves him at the door. I mean, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think okay. So I didn't get into movies from the seventies until like I was in college. This is sort of my first experience watching a woman be like, "Listen, I like you, but this career I've invested in is everything to me." And so we have to pause because it wasn't even like a solid breakup. She's like, "Right now, I can't make this work." And I, it like as a you know. I, when this came out, once I'm like 12, and I was like, "You could just leave a dude for work." It was brilliant to me. I, was, I, mean, I still didn't like boys at that age, and I was like, "Oh, so tedious." And so for her to just be like, "I'm gonna work on myself," I was like, "This is brilliant." Oh my god, I really like this scene. Oh, uh, I, I okay. There you go. There's the answer. I, I, I was like, I mean, I was impressed by the, the character making that choice because the writers really went out of their way to make sure there was absolutely nothing wrong with this guy. I mean, he was as dreamy as it could be. But she was getting distracted from her work, and uh, and she was like, "Look, I, I I really am excited about this, but I this is what I've worked my whole life for. So I'm I, I gotta I, I gotta push you away." Which I he's not gone though, is he? No, he, he comes does come. Back. He does come back. Yeah, but I don't know that she was distracted. I think it was how the hospital reacted to her and the walk of shame in the beginning of the episode. I think that was more of a reason for her to break up with, you know. Elliot is very worried about what everyone thinks about her. That's what the character. That's how the character is. Mm-hmm. You know, she, you know. She even says in the beginning, ninety nine percent of my life is me trying to impress my dad." You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah. and so I think when the walk of shame thing happened and everyone made fun of her, I think that's that's you know it sent her down the rabbit hole and she spiraled, and that's why. But she I think it was also, up. it wasn't just that, Donald. She, you know, Kelso's like grilling her and she doesn't know the answers to, to questions at rounds where she always does. And then she starts getting in her head. At one point she's like, uh, she can't think of something. And I'm like, I, I turned to her. I'm like, come on, you know that. She just, yep. she's tired think, maybe because she was up all night playing schoolgirl. Right. But I think that stems from, uh, once again, you know, Kelso seeing her at the, at the uh, scrubs machine and giving her shit for, not having her, her scrubs, yeah. her scrubs that day, you know what I mean? Yeah. I I think I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't, I don't know. It's probably is, it's probably both a combination of both. But anyway, we all know we all know the spoiler alert that Scott Foley comes back. Um, he he ends up being a, a an animal. Is he a marine biologist or a, or an animal trainer at SeaWorld? Oh, Something yeah. like that. But what a uh, great scene that was, though, too, man. Where they break up because it looks like it's going one way. You know, and 
and it, the mis there's a great misdirection, right? You know, she breaks. She kind of you see her breaking up with him earlier in the script, where he comes to visit her, and she's like, and he's doing all the right things, and she's getting pissed off that he's doing all the right things, and then she comes out at the end. And it seems like she's gotten over all of the all of the BS that she was holding on to because of her walk of shame situation. And then in the middle of it, she discovers, wait a second, it's not just that. I am distracted because of how perfect you are. And now's not the time for me to be distracted. Now's the time for me to be the the best I possibly can be. So that in a couple of years, in a few years, I can find another I can find a guy just like you and do it all over again. And this time for keeps. And I feel, and I, the the way they both play the scene is perfect because it really does feel like uh, Sean is hit by a Mack truck because he doesn't see it coming. You know what I mean? He sees it as, okay, she had a bad day. I'm going to bring her flowers and cheer her up. Yeah. And now she's walking back into the hospital and I'm standing here with a dozen roses. I felt bad for him. I'm, I'm such a sucker for, the writers really know how to get me with, uh, you know, uh, Love that cannot be. I'm like, oh, this poor guy. He's like crazy about this girl. He's standing here with roses, and he's like, he she's goes. He goes, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna wait here because I know you're gonna change your mind in two minutes. And she's like, I hope so. And then she doesn't. <laughs> he's just. And then he trashes the roses. Well, do you think he trashes the roses or he leaves them and people just walk all over him? I couldn't just figure that out. Yeah, I just oh, I thought of that when I first saw the roses. I thought, yeah, come on, that's a little bit of a hissy fit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like he was jumping up and down on it. Yes, yes, stomping on it. But the the only reason I know that he doesn't disappear, well, come to think of it, oh, no, the last episode, I guess, of season one is somebody's wedding. Is it Turk and Carla? No, we don't get married until season three, I think. Well, then. Or I the end of season two. When we were shooting that episode, he was there. In the last episode of the season? At your wedding. Yes. Uh, was that was he a there's so many days? Some, you know, there's so many fans know. right now that know the show better than us. They're like, "You idiots! He's in episode da 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 da, da <laughs> and this one and this one and this one." But we don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, good. No, sure. Let's ask. Good. Let's ask the wiki guy. All right, so Neil, we have this guy. His name is um, Trevor. Wiki guy. Trevor Wiki. Um, we have a question. How many more episodes is Scott Foley in? And was he? Did he attend Donald and Carla's wedding? Hey guys, Scott Foley appears in 12 episodes over seasons 1, 3, and 8, including Turk and Carla's wedding reception in the season 3 finale. All right, we got to wrap this up, guys. We've been, Neil, I'm sorry to keep you so long. We've been going an hour and 45, 6 minutes. Um, it's okay. I enjoyed it. I hope it. you had a good time just shooting the shit with us. We miss you. you we make... miss you big time. We'd love to have you back, too, if you ever want to come back and hang out with us. Yes, You're please. more than welcome. Yeah, I will, because this was fun, but I thought we would talk about me more. <laughs> <laughs> So about halfway we through, will. I got kind of bored. Oh, he checked out <laughs> until we started talking about the the the, the night terrors guy, <laughs> Alf at the foot of his bed, paralyzed against sleep the glass. Demon? By the way, Donald, remember we were speaking about that rap song, uh, uh, Sir Mix-a-Lot, Put him on the glass. Put him on the glass, baby. Yeah, his nightmare is Alf putting him on the glass. Yeah, that would do it for me too. That'd be a wrap for me too, man. <laughs> now That'd I have the it. visual of Alf putting his breasts on 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 glass, or or his tail penis, or his tail glass. penis. <laughs> on that note, uh, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, uh, follow Donald and I on Instagram, especially Donald because he doesn't have as many followers as I. He's very upset about it. 
I am uh, very upset about it. We even talked about it on the podcast, okay, and my shit hasn't moved. Okay. It hasn't moved. <laughs> don't yell at people, Tyler. It's not a way to end the podcast. I just don't. I think it's disrespectful. Okay. I think it's disrespectful. Okay, calm down. I was in Clueless, oh damn it. Oh, my God. I was in Clueless, <laughs> damn it. Uh, you guys, follow Donald, and also, please rate our podcast. Give us, you know when you get out of an Uber, and they're like, five stars, five stars. Give us five stars, because apparently that means something uh, in the podcast world. And tell your friends to subscribe. We're having a blast doing this, and we're going to keep doing it uh, for the foreseeable future. Yes, and we free to subscribe? Is it? Yes, it's totally free, Neil. We just do this. Okay. It's paid for by by advertisers playing ads, and uh, this is you can listen to it anywhere for totally free. Yes, Don, what were you going to say before you lead us in song? I was going to say, and you know, we'll have Neil back on, and we'll talk about more things. Yes, I wanted to get into. I wanted to get into the fugitive. Yes, I wanted to talk about that. Let's save it. Maybe he has a story about Harrison Ford being difficult. Just save it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening. He's worked twice with Harrison Ford, though. He's worked twice with Harrison Ford. That's right. He's my buddy. The Crystal Skull, and 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 the Fugitive. Yep. For one day each time. (laughs) Right. Well, one scene you had way more lines than just Kimball. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's right. Was that all it was? Kimball. Yeah, it was more in the script. Not not much more, but it was... I was wondering which take they would use when I saw the film. I wonder what I'm saying. Now, now back up. Come toward me. Let me see your hands. You know, all that stuff. <laughs> and I see the movie, and it's Kimball, bang! <laughs> <laughs> they just cut straight to me. Well, Neil, you're in, you're in a, what I consider a classic, so that's just cool to me. In, in, it is in a classic. really good movie. It's a great... It I, is, just, I right? recently rewatched it, and it's so it good. It holds up. It oh, really it holds hold up. up. It's yeah. so good. All right, Donald, so good. lead us in song. You got mad last time when I did it. I want Neil to do it. Neil, can you just go five, six, seven, eight real quick? Yeah. Five, six, it's seven, eight. stories about a show we made About a bunch of docs and nurses And a janitor who loved to hate I said, here's a story Did you know that 46% of us don't take all our vacation days? Even though it's been proven that taking time off to play makes us more productive. In California, no matter where you go, you'll find play. Explore a redwood forest, immerse yourself in art galleries, or just park yourself in a beach chair and chill. Play is everywhere in California, so take some well-deserved playtime off and discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, it's simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. You can learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Hey, guys, I've been telling you about how we are big fans of Tacova's boots. Heritage, tradition, quality, comfort, style, and service are some of the best features of Tacova's. But now they also have a gift for our listeners. Tacova's will throw in one of their best-selling trucker hats or ball caps free with a minimum purchase of $100 at tacovas.com. Just use code REALFRIENDS at checkout. That's R-E-A-L-F-R-I-E-N-D-S. That's 
T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and point your toes west. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.